Hello and welcome to another episode of the County Cricket Podcast in association with our friends at Bear Crickets. I'm your host, Aaron, aka the Cricket Connoisseur, and joining me on my left for today's very special episode of TCCP is none other than up-and-coming Cornwall and Gloucestershire batter, Joe Phillips. So Joe, first things first, mate, thank you very much for joining me here on the podcast today. It's an absolute pleasure to welcome you on for a chat about all things county crickets. I've got to ask, mate, how's your day been so far? Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me on. Um, no, yeah, it's been okay. Thank you. I've been um, just at home at the moment, so quite relaxing. Um, a little bit of revision just for um, a few up-and-coming exams when I get back to uni. But um, yeah, no, all in all, pretty pretty relaxing, not, not been up to too much. So yeah, all good. Thank you. Well, I'm glad to hear that, mate. So a very restful day in comparison to the more hectic days as as you can find in the life of a county cricketer. But in yeah, terms yeah. of uni, just first and foremost, before we get into our chat about cricket and your journey at Gloucestershire so far, just for those who don't know what you're doing at university, what is the degree which you're studying at the moment? Um, I'm studying accounting and finance uh, undergraduate at Cardiff Uni, um, which... So far, so far, it's been it's been good. I'm 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 enjoying it. I'm I'm interested by um, most of the content, which is um, which is a real positive. I think um, quite lucky in that sense. So so I'm managing to um, yeah, managing to balance it well enough so far with with cricket and and other stuff. So um, yeah, no, so far so good. Um, enjoying my time at Cardiff as well. It's been been good meeting new people and um, yeah, no, loving it at the moment. To be honest, yeah. Well, again, I'm really, really glad to hear that, mate, because it is important, isn't it, to enjoy it, in particular for a very difficult degree, like accounting and finance. I mean, I, I couldn't do it. I've got to be honest, I don't think my maths is strong enough. I can just about score a cricket match, right, let alone do accounting and finance and all of that kind of calculation and, and math side of things. But no, obviously wishing you all the best of luck with that, mate. And in terms of your time at uni so far this is your first year if I'm not mistaken yeah yeah first year so started yeah just in September now so just had my first Christmas back home from uni obviously just now so yeah oh fair enough and in terms of that Christmas period how was that in terms of the training in terms of that almost return to to fitness in a cricketing standard I mean how's that been in terms of your off season and the preparation as we head into the summer of 2024 yeah, good. It's been um, been a different winter uh, for me, obviously, f- with university being a part of it than I'm than I'm used to. Um, also, my first winter as a as a a, a full on a pro at Gloss. Um, so obviously, last winter I wasn't I wasn't signed, so it was slightly different as well. Um, but yeah, no, been really good. I've been doing um, the majority of my training and gym work and and conditioning stuff from Cardiff. Uh, which Gosh are happy for me to do is obviously the the setup there is very strong. So it's um yeah, it allows me to get everything I need to get done from there. There's been a, a lot of running, a lot of gym work, um, and obviously hitting hitting balls as well, which is um which is obviously important. And then since I've been at home um back in Truro, I've um I've uh yeah, kept it up as well, been been able to use my my uncle's gym, which is really, really helpful. Um and um and hitting balls as well with a coach down here, uh, Chris Hunkin, who I've who I worked with since I was really young. So, um, yeah, no, so far so good. Just looking forward to the season now. Um, looking for another, hopefully, another good block of training now post Christmas, and then we'll be into it. So, yeah, it's been good. Thank you. Well, again, that's excellent here, mate. And yeah, it's not that far off, is it? The start of of this new summer. I believe it's eighty four days away as of this recording. It's come by incredibly quickly, and Honestly, I can't wait. I really can't. I mean, on the on the day of this recording as well, it's been announced that Essex have gone and signed Dean Algar, which is absolutely massive for county crickets. Three-year deal at the Southeastern Outfit. And yeah, that is going to be a serious, serious signing as we yeah. head into this year's LV County Championship. But Joe, before we jump the gun and we talk about this upcoming season and we discuss your future aspirations in this incredible game, I wanted to transport you all the way back to the origins of the Joe Phillips story. So in terms of your first ever memories of this wonderful sport, Joe, what are your first ever memories of cricket, either playing or watching this simply 
magnificent game? Um, first memories of cricket really is watching my dad play um, for Truro. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of how I first got into it was through family, through my, my dad and my mum's side of the family. My, my granddad on my mum's side was heavily involved at Truro Cricket Club as well. Um, so that my earliest memories all, all root around that, being being down at Truro Cricket Club and, and watching and playing down there. Um, earliest memories of playing probably when I was about six or seven years old at um, sort of softball tournaments, um, just like hit like using plastic bat or whatever and a wind ball and just loving days like that and then um yeah just uh th they're sort of my earliest memories i'd say and then it it just uh, my love for the game just grew from there and uh, yeah i'd say that say that so far it's a lovely route into the game isn't it as a result of your local club and obviously all of those family links as well it's a perfect route into the game of cricket itself and in terms of those early days spent at Truro, Joe, were you always a batter or did you ever try your hand at becoming a bowler or maybe even a specialist keeper? In terms of your role on a cricket field, have you always been a specialist bat? Um, not always. I've I've mixed it around a bit. When I was younger, I, I just wanted to do everything. So I, I um, bowled off spin, which that sort of gradually got less and less through each year. But um hopefully bring it back at some point but um yeah i just loved batting i i i had a season where when i was i think i would have been 13 or 14 i think i was 13 and i kept the whole season for truro third team when i was like first time playing men's cricket um i don't know if that was i i, I did enjoy wicket keeping at that point but this was just like a one-off season um and then sort of realized i'd probably be better off in the field and maybe have a bowl and a bat but um yeah batting was always the, the the part of the game that I just I I found most enjoyable and I, I wanted to do it most so that's probably how naturally from that I just gradually grew better at that aspect than than others but yeah like I said I, I bowled I, I I bowled a bit in my past but when I was real young that was more so than now but um yeah no batting's just that just the part that I, I always found more enjoyable so yeah probably just developed it more that way. Well, I think it's safe to say that in the years that followed, Joe, it's definitely paid off, as we'll discuss as the podcast progresses, with some massive scores for Gloucestershire at both the seconds and, of course, the first 11 level. And in terms of those early years, you mentioned about absolutely loving batting, right? And that became your, your focal point in this wonderful sport. What is it about batting which you love so much? Why do you come back to this particular discipline time and time and time again? um it's a tough question i think there's there's so much i love about it it's, it's everything really but i think the the main the the thing that i i really love about it is there's the variety of of batting it's never you're never like hardly ever gonna have two innings that are the same there's always different situations you have to play different bowlers different wickets everything um so the the variety that you get from batting and also the challenges that potentially come come along with that so like especially with how um busy the sort of season is a lot of there can be quite a lot of chopping and changing between white ball and red ball cricket you can go from maybe one week you have to you're looking to bat for a whole day to set up a big score in a four day and then a few days later you're you need you need to score at 10 and over to chase down a t20 on a completely different wicket against different bowlers with a different color ball like it's it's that variety of batting like that i love and i think it's the feeling and the satisfaction you get when um it pays off probably as well as the other thing is is really getting into those battles and if you come out on the right side of it it's like there's not many better feelings so i think yeah that those two points i'd say are probably what I, I love about batting the most and two lovely answers to be honest in terms of variation and that ability to get on top of the bowlers and dominate proceedings out in the middle that's a really really nice answer to that question and you mentioned there about the the variety of batting and it's a great point isn't it in the modern game as you mentioned over the course of a county season one minute you can be batting out for a draw in an absolute grinder of a four-day county championship match and then the mm -hmm. following week you could be finishing off an innings in a t20 blast match so in terms of your personal game joe what do you prefer in terms of red ball cricket and, and white ball cricket if you did have to choose one of the two 
at this stage of your career, which one would you say that your game is more suited towards at this point, per se? Um, I think that's a real tough question because I, I genuinely believe that I love both, well, all formats of the game equally. But I think at the moment, my game is probably slightly more suited to Red Bull cricket and four-day cricket. Um, I think last season was probably the, the best season I had um, in terms of white ball. Um, whereas over previous years and stuff, it had been more Red Bull um, dominated sort of the way I played. Um, but yeah, like I've I've always loved white ball cricket and the challenge of it and trying to improve that part of my game. And I was lucky enough last year to have a few um, opportunities where that paid off. And that's why sort of that decision between the two formats would be closer than it probably was if you'd asked me that a year ago. Um, but I would still say probably just because of time gone by that I'd probably, my game is slightly more suited to Red Bull currently as it stands. But yeah. Fair enough. To be honest, I'd have to agree in terms of performances so far as well for Gloucestershire. We'll talk about your debuts in both formats, to be honest, but in particular, the county championship matches that you played in 2023. Incredibly impressive. Incredibly impressive. And we'll touch upon that as the podcast itself progresses. But just in terms of those formative years, Joe, just one final question about those early years at Truro. You mentioned there about the the club's influence and obviously the influence of your family members as well. But in terms of the wider game, so either at a county or indeed an international level, did you have any idols, any icons, any influences in those early years who you tried to emulate in some way? Yeah, definitely. That my the main one was Joe Root and still is now. Um always um obviously I, I, I suppose a lot of people, a lot of batters, especially my age who grew up watching that those players was I always wanted to try and bat like Joe Root and I just loved the way he went about it. Um so he's probably always been my 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 number one sort of hero and idol which um who I used to try and emulate and stuff. But yeah, in terms of influences like you mentioned about Truro Cricket Club and stuff, I was very lucky to have a very a strong sort of support network around me that that helped me and supported me for everything like um so yeah, in terms of those local closer resources, that would be it. But then, um, yeah, like I said, probably Joe Root and uh, trying to think of any more. There, there was loads. Honestly, I was, I'd love watching like Jonathan Trot, Ian Bell, um, Cook, like that that sort of era of, of England matters was uh, was when I was sort of really young, first really getting into cricket. So they, those were the guys that I used to love watching. So um, yeah, I'd say that those sort of guys. Well, to be honest, Joe, you've just increased your brownie points for today's recording of the Counter Cricket Podcast because, as many people know, massive Bears fan. Absolutely adored watching Ian Bell and Jonathan Trott, two absolute legends in this part Mm -hmm. of the world. And obviously, Joe Roots, just a master, so classy, so elegant, so refined as a batter. And in terms of Joe Roots' game, what was it about his cricket which you thought was so appealing in those early years? it sounds very simple but when i watched him i just that it made me happy like that was what i i imagined i wanted my batting to look like was just the it was more just the aesthetic side of it of how he played his shots just always was was so appealing to me and i think also just the way he goes about his his uh, innings as well straight it goes sometimes under the radar but he's he's always sort of i find straight away looking to put pressure back on the bowlers looking to rotate the strike straight away and then as he builds through his innings, he'll start, you know, might play some more expansive shots and stuff. But it was just, yeah, the way he went about batting and and sort of, yeah, also, like I said, the aesthetic side of it, I always thought he, he looked very nice. And that was what I'd, I'd always wanted to replicate, obviously, as, it, as a younger um, boy trying to get in, getting into cricket and batting. And obviously, I, it's like I, I loved batting, so he was always some, someone I loved watching, yeah. Well, he's a great shout, isn't he, to be honest? And... You mentioned aesthetics, the beautiful cover drive, the glorious little flicks as well. He's got a, a very aesthetically pleasing sweep shot as Joe Root's great, great shout, to be honest. And yeah, one of England's finest ever cricketers. So completely 
understand that shout, to be honest. And yeah, hopefully he can have a good series in India because that is fast approaching as well, isn't it? In terms of yeah, that yeah. test series, marquee five-match series against India starts at the end of the month. Are you confident ahead of that, Joe? I know this is a little bit off topic and we will get back on in due course, but in terms of that series, you've got an absolute titan in the form of India. You've got the up-and-coming resurgent England side with this baseball philosophy. How do you see that series actually panning out? Honestly, I I don't know, but I, I'm looking forward to, to watching it because obviously two like brilliant sides um competing in it in a series which is always going to be a good watch but yeah i'm i'm i'm, I'm intrigued and i'm looking forward to seeing what first of all what sort of team england put out because i i'd be interested to see what what 11 um that we go with um and also yeah like there's so many guys from that india side i, I love watching play as well so it'll be yeah it'll be a good one to watch i can call it at the moment but um yeah i'm looking forward to that that starting and, and watching some of that Definitely. I mean, I'm exactly the same, to be honest. I, I always love watching our series against India, even though, for the most part, they usually go very wrong in India itself. I mean, we, we do tend to perform a lot better against India here in, in England and Wales, but should be a great series, should be brilliant. I, I love the baseball philosophy as well. I know some mm -hmm. people don't, and they think it's a little bit egregious at times, but I, I just think it's brilliant. It's entertaining, it's fast-paced. And more importantly, so far, it's been pretty successful, right? If England weren't doing very well in test crickets, I'd understand the, the criticism and maybe the, the negatives associated with it. But for the time being, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, yeah, looking forward to that series. And fingers crossed, England can get the job done. It'll be difficult, but if they do, again, it's a massive, massive step forward as we head into this cycle in the World Test Championship. But, Joe, aside from that little aside, I did just have to bring that up, though, because yeah, I was interested to, to know yeah. your thoughts on that series. Just getting back on track to your cricket journey. Mm -hmm. We've spoken in the podcast so far about your time spent at Truro, which is, of course, in the resplendent county of Cornwall, one of the absolute most picturesque and beautiful locations in the entire UK. And of course, before you went to Gloucestershire, you started off your journey at Cornwall, playing for the National County side. So in terms of that opportunity, first and foremost, how did that materialise? How did you go from playing club crickets for Truro to representing Cornwall in the National Counties? Yeah, so like you said, I, was, I played all through um, the Cornwall age groups as I was growing up from under 10s. Um, when I was eight and then under 10s for three years and 11s all the way up to 15s. And then it was, I think in under 14s, I was actually do, doing this, um, uh, like a winter sort of training program, um, at Redrew school with a guy called Peter Bolland, who's a, a coach, um, down here. And he, he was the one who first got me up to, um, to Gloucestershire and, um, uh, the academy coach at the time was a guy called Tim Hancock, who I ended up working a lot with over the, the coming years. And he, um, yeah, I, I went up um, a few times over that winter and, and trained with with the academy. Um, and then I was lucky enough in under 15 season to be selected for Bunbury, um, which which went went pretty well for me, which I was lucky enough to then off the back of that be offered a full-time place on the academy at Gloucestershire um, off the back of that under-15 season. So going into, that was going into 2020, um, that winter across 1920. Um, and then, yeah, so I was on the academy at Gloucestershire for three years, um, whilst also still living in Cornwall for the first year. So obviously very grateful for my, um, my dad, who he drove an unbelievable amount of miles and, it must yeah i don't know how many then but driving up every weekend from truro to bristol and back in the weekend for a whole winter and then um yeah i think i made my cornwall minor counties debut that season um that first season after i was on the academy 2020 when it was like that covid sort of year um where it was yeah all a bit confusing but i played i think a game for cornwall against devon in the minor counties that year a one day and then um 
yeah then i was lucky enough to make it which this was made a, a lot easier for my dad and the and the driving on it um i was lucky to get offered a, a scholarship at clifton college which um in bristol which uh i started in september 2020 which was um yeah so going into lower sixth there for sixth form and that obviously made it a lot easier as i was based in bristol and um able to train um yeah more times a week and just yeah made it a lot easier so yeah i've been very lucky with how it's how it's all um worked out for me in terms of that um being lucky to have my dad being willing to to do all that driving for me so um yeah well, well just before we touch upon cornwall in a bit more detail joe I think it would be a miss of us, to be honest, if we didn't actually give your dad a bit of a shout out, because quite clearly he has had a massive influence on your cricket journey and allowed you to to live out this dream. So just to give your dad a bit of a shout out for the listeners out there, what is the name of your dad just for the sake of the podcast? Uh, It's Chris Phillips. Um, Yeah, no, he's been pretty much one of the sole reasons why I'm here where, where I am now, because... not only all the driving but he's probably thrown about a million balls at me in the nets as well um when i was younger and then obviously on top of that all the driving so yeah he's a massive part of of the reason don't want to do any discredit to my mother as well as obviously she's played a big part as well um but yeah dad dad obviously did the majority of um did the majority of the driving and obviously threw so many balls at me i can't can't thank him enough to be honest um for that because it's a it's a big reason of why why um i am where i am now i'd say well shout out to chris and of course the the rest of the phillips family because all of that effort all of that hard work has definitely paid off and look at you now joe gloucestershire professional i mean that must be a great great tag to have it really must a professional cricketer it's the absolute dream isn't it it's it's why you get into this journey in the first place and you now get to live it for the foreseeable future so it must be an absolutely amazing feeling and in terms of that time spent at Cornwall this might be a pretty difficult question to be honest because in recent years Cornwall have been doing excellently in the national counties they really have been a tour de force we saw that last season when they reached finals day at Tring in terms of your time at Cornwall so far what do you say has been your personal highlight from your time at the club um Definitely, I'd say last season and our, our run in the T20 comp, um, that was, yeah, really good fun. Every every Sunday playing T20s with those guys. Um, it, it's a strange one because I, I, I it's playing with loads of guys who I played against loads in the Cornwall Premier League when I was playing club cricket in Cornwall growing up. Um, and yeah, so we, we obviously did really well in that competition. It was a massive shame we didn't get over the line in the final. Um but yeah, like that that whole run, and and we um, yeah, we grew quite quite close as a group, and it was it was a really good um yeah really good run we had a, as a team, and um hopefully we're able to do that again in the coming season. But um, yeah, it was a shame not to get over the line in the final. But yeah, that was that was definitely my highlight as a play, playing um, national counties for Cornwall, definitely. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that whatsoever. To be honest, it was a very very memorable campaign and in terms of that finals day again I do think we have to talk about this because we've spoken a lot about it on this podcast we've had a number of players who actually appeared in that final on this podcast Joe and to be honest I want to know your perspective as well mate because it was a crazy day wasn't it to be honest in terms of the semi-finals and then a very controversial finish on that last ball in the final itself which we'll probably get on to in just a moment but in terms of that finals day itself, you mentioned about the overall campaign and it was incredible, wasn't it, for Cornwall? They got on a bit of a streak and ultimately made it to the final four in the first place. How were you feeling heading into that finals day at Trink? Yeah, ma- massively excited for one. Um, but yeah, there, there was nerves there as well because this was early in the season, sort of before I'd had experiences of playing other cricket where there's potentially a little bit of a crowd or 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 things riding on the game that was you know relatively important so there there were there were definitely nerves going into that especially in the final um but yeah like great experience on the whole like you said those players who you spoke about obviously watched them 
that priestly knock in the semi-final which was that we as we turned up that was going on i think he was on like 80 odd and there'd been like six overs something like that I can't remember but it was just like it was an absolute joke of a knock um so obviously we knew he had to come up against that in the in the final but um yeah it was no great day to be honest and um yeah obviously like i said shaman didn't get over the line but on the whole an enjoyable campaign and really enjoyable day at trim well, to be honest, it sounds like it. And yeah, just for those who don't know what we are referring to with regards to that knock from from Nils Priestley, 147 from 66 balls. Absolutely ludicrous stuff. And he's a nice bloke, is Nils as well. So shout out to Nils. Excellent guest on the podcast and a very talented cricketer. Wouldn't surprise me if we see him back in the county circuit at some point soon. But in terms of that day, so first and foremost, you had that semi-final, right, against Hertfordshire, won by five wickets. As a result, you book your place in the final against Staffordshire. In terms of the final itself, Joe, what can you remember about that game? And again, what were the thoughts, the feelings and the emotions like during the, the final itself? Um, Yeah, so excitement and nerves again, I'd say definitely. We, we were fielding first, <coughs> which... um. Yeah, we, we, I think we we were happy with. We've been doing it all um all all campaign. That was our like one of our, our go to game plan. We we like to get in the field first and chase. Um, we um yeah we 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 bowled really well from what I remember. I remember Max um Max Trifonos, who's we were lucky to have for the whole campaign, is like an unbelievable white ball bowler. He bowled real well and. We were all so up for it that we were all, all really on it in the field and sort of everything was working well. Um, I think they made about 120, 130, so like something like that. Not many. Um, I think Priestley had 60 odd, but I think we dropped him early for about 10. Like he was on about 10 or something. I can't remember exactly. Um, but yeah, that might have maybe cut them down. They still would have probably made 100, 110. So it wouldn't have made loads of different, but it might have just been that extra bit. But um, yeah, so we. Um, we were confident going into chase and I don't think we got off to a great start. Um, I was, I, I remember it was strange. I'd been batting like six or seven in that campaign as sort of a, a finishing role. So we had a lot of very powerful top order batsmen, like the likes of um, Chris Gibson, Christian Purchase, who are like very good at, at, at national counties level. And so we, we had a lot of, and Zavi Clark as well, like players like that. So I was down fairly low and then we were, I think we were we were struggling. We were we were on less than probably less than twenty, and we were three down. And Smithy, the captain, um, told me to go in next at five. So I wasn't fully prepared to go in, but had to switch on pretty quick. And then I remember just thinking I was batting with Triff, and I remember just thinking we if we just bat, we don't have to try anything particularly out there at the moment. Like we need fives, we need fives or sixes for the next fifteen overs. Like we like we just relax and, we, and we'll be fine and we, we got into a position where we, we we should have won the game but um yeah unfortunately i i gave it away slightly just ran past one from an offie and uh got stumped um after building like a decent partnership with triff and then that was a shame and then we weren't able to get over the line obviously there was a bit of controversy on that last in that last over um it was it was a really strange one to be honest because um the, the the scoreboard read 18 overs um, obviously indicating that there, this was the penultimate over. There was another one still to come. And we, and we needed, I think, five to win, four to tie, something like that. And um, Liam Hurt was bowling. He'd been bowling really well. Um, a lot of slower balls, like Yorkers, good, good, good change-ups. And I think that was like the first ball he actually bowled pace on properly, potentially in the slot. And obviously there was, um, yeah, there was a bit of a confusion with our batters, but... Um, I don't know, looking back, that's that's not we, we should have probably got over the line within 15, 16 overs if we if we'd gone about that chase a bit better. But um yeah, no, all in all good a good day. But yeah, strange finish to it. But no, yeah, it was good. It was incredibly strange finish. And yeah, there was a bit yeah. of controversy. I think that would be the the way to describe it with that final ball to Tommy Sturgis because that whole thing with the scoreboard, you don't expect that, do you? But then again, it's so important to communicate that when you're out in the middle because otherwise yeah. stuff like that can happen. You can't always rely on the technology, but it was a great finals day. 
absolutely fantastic finish in the end. Staffs ultimately beating Cornwall by four runs in that particular encounter. But in terms of that campaign, Joe, just before we talk about your time at Gloss and those incredible debuts across formats, what would you say was your, your biggest learning curve or the biggest lesson that you can take away from the 2023 season with Cornwall? Was there something in particular which you found that you can really take with you heading into the rest of your cricket journey? For me, I think from like a personal point of view, it was like the first bit of white ball cricket I'd had that season. And for a while, really, obviously, since obviously played T20s, didn't play a great deal of T20s um, uh, at under 18 level. Like we, we we had a T20 comp, but it wasn't wasn't the main sort of um, part of it. So I hadn't played loads of T20 cricket before, played quite a bit of school and stuff. But that was like first experience of a real top standard of cricket at, at T20 um in T20 format so um yeah it was that sort of for me the personal takeout was I was able to actually back myself in those in those sort of scenarios because I, I had a couple of obviously like I said I was batting sort of six or seven but there was a few um occasions where I came in and and had to make a few runs quickly and I was I was able to which was something I'd struggled with through the age groups um potentially at times so that was that was good to have a bit of like self-belief in in those sort of scenarios um which obviously i was able to take into like throughout the season because we went quite quickly into the second team um t20 competition which was pretty early on in the summer as well which was pretty much straight off the back of that i think they actually overlapped slightly so i was playing both of those so there's a lot of t20 cricket at that at that time um, so yeah, for me that would be the the personal um, takeout from that from that competition. Fair enough, and that's completely understandable, isn't it? In terms of that experience and obviously learning how to both finish off an innings and also play the accumulator role in the middle overs as well, which is something that you did in that final. I know obviously the the result didn't pan out the way in which Cornwall would have intended, but again, a very very beneficial season to say the least, and. Aside from our conversation about Cornwall, Joe, we've got to talk about your time at Gloucestershire so far, because even though it's very much the infancy of your career with the glorious Gloucesters to date, you've still had some incredible knocks at both first and second 11 level. So first and foremost, I just wanted to take you back to almost the the start, the origin of your time at Gloucestershire. You mentioned about that Bunbury Festival, you mentioned about those performances and that ultimately got you on the Gloucestershire Academy. But in terms of your initial impressions of the club, what did you make of Gloucestershire as an outfit? Um, yeah, so I, I loved it ever since I, I was first involved with them. I remember coming up, like I said, about um, for sessions when I was 14. And I was, I was nervous because I wanted to impress. I wanted to do well, whatever. But I am. Um, I remember just loving loving every session and um obviously off the back of that Bunbury I, I gained a lot of experience play with some really good players we had a we had a very strong um southwest team that year with like the likes of James Rue um James Coles at Sussex so um Ben Kellaway like we had a strong side so it's good to play with players obviously being from Cornwall that that exposure is a bit different like you don't get that great exposure to all of that as much because it's just it's just different to being sort of if you're based if I was based in Bristol through my whole my whole um cricketing life but um yeah so off the back of that obviously joined the academy and um yeah loved it loved every minute of it to be honest it was just to have that sort of level and exposure to coaches and and stuff and sort of have a glimpse of what a professional um sort of into a professional environment because obviously we'd have sessions where Q and A's with the pros and stuff, um, like PCA sessions, stuff like that, that just gave you an insight into what sort of professional cricket was like, and that that really excited me. So, um, yeah, that that's that's what I make of it from from an early age, and then yeah, I was lucky enough to just go through um, the age groups for Gloucestershire, the under 18s for two or three years, and then started playing second eleven when I was I made my second team debut when I was. 18 i think at the start of 2022 um april 2022 so yeah 
Well, if you don't mind me talking about 2022 in a bit of detail, Joe, I think we we do have to talk about that season because, as you mentioned, your first one for the Gloucestershire second eleven as an 18-year-old. And in terms of the season itself, absolutely remarkable. So for those who don't know the numbers behind your debut campaign in the twos, Gloucestershire's leading run scorer in the second 11 county championship with 500 and 98 runs at 66.44 over the course of six matches. And one of those matches in particular, Joe, which we just have to talk about, is the one against Essex. 250 not out. 250 not out in your maiden season for the twos. In terms of that knock, what can you recall and what can you remember about that match in Colchester? Um, Yeah, obviously that that knock helped the average quite a lot for the season but um yeah i it is strange it was a it's really nice place at colchester nice wicket um so i had a sort of feeling if you if you get in on it you can you can go big which um which is which is a good feeling to have at times but i i I think i was batting i think i batted six or seven and we were it was a fairly in the balance um, game for, throughout the first day towards lunch, probably 100, 100 to 150 for f- four or five when I came in. And um, I think I came in, I think George Scott was batting when I came in and going well. And then I, I I think that was only my second twos game. So I was still, I was really nervous every time I was batting. Um, sort of not, it was sort of a step up from under 18 stuff. Um, so yeah, I remember just being really nervous at first. And then um relax into it a bit i think scotty got out and then tommy borman came in after me which i'd played so much cricket of him through the last two or three years in under 18s uh, so that probably relaxed me a little bit and then um yeah we, we both got into it a bit had it had a decent partnership and like i said it was there weren't really any demons at all in the wicket it was sort of as flat as they come so it was um, yeah quite an enjoyable day that just to just to bat um back freely and just it was I just remember being really really happy when I when I did get to that to the hundred um not really thinking that it would go on much more I was just very happy to get there and um yeah just a, a very a very a good, a good day for me which was which was nice it certainly was to be honest I think good is a bit of an understatement 250 not out and not just the the individual performance but the victory as well. It's always a nice bonus, isn't it? Obviously, you can have these very, very good knocks. You can have these centuries, these quick five fifties, but it's always a bonus to have the W afterwards as well. So what an incredible game and what an incredible way to announce yourself in the Gloucestershire twos as well. And in terms of the the second eleven, Joe, just before we talk about your debuts in the championship and of course the T twenty blast, would you say that was your proudest moment from your time in the twos to date, or has something maybe surpassed that over the course of of this last season? No, I, I think I think that probably is the one I'd go back to as as my proudest moment in the twos. Definitely, just because it was, it sort of it sort of like mentally set me up a bit for the rest of that season. Um, just because I felt like that just gave me so much confidence. Um, to the point where I thought I can like hit, I can score runs at this level, um, which is always the thing that I find difficult going from a, a step to another step up. Is I went from the space in that game from being really nervous and sort of am I good enough sort of thing at the start of that game to at the end of that game being actually this is, you know, I, I, I'm good enough to 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 play at this level and, and score runs. So that that sort of set me up for that season, which I ended up scoring a few more runs in, in that season for the twos. But um, yeah, so I'd say that is probably the, yeah, still the proudest moment um, I've had in the second eleven for Gloucestershire. Fair enough. And again, that's kind of understandable, isn't it? 250 not out, it's, it's quite the knock. I know I keep on repeating that, but that's your first season in the second eleven, and you're, you're pulling out a, a 250. Incredible, absolutely incredible. And just before we talk about those first 11 debuts, you have just mentioned there, Joe, actually something which is very, very common among batters at any level, to be honest. And it is nervousness. It's that feeling of anxiousness before you go out to bat. Is that something which is present in your game in terms of 
not just when you go out and play for Gloucestershire, but any cricket, do you get quite nervous before you actually go out there and and do your thing on the cricket field? Yeah, I, I do, to be fair. It's it, not as much now, but it's, like I said, that step up each time is something that I've not struggled with. Like I, I've dealt with it okay, but I've but I've always been slightly nervous at first. So like the first step up would have been from Cornwall to Gloucestershire 18, say, for example, and I would have been had that feeling at first and then the step up from 18s to twos and then the step up from twos to to first first team stuff is sort of that same feeling each time um but yeah it is something that's still present still get those nerves but i i'm i'm okay with that i think because i've spoken to to people about it so tom smith for example he plays um obviously at gloucestershire but play club cricket with him as well at bedminster and um I remember him telling me he he said obviously how many years obviously he's played for um county cricket at that level and done very well and he says he even still now before he bats or before he bowls still gets that slight little nervous feeling um even with all the experience he's got and stuff and that made me think okay that's you know that's that's a normal thing everyone has it even people people who have done it so well for that long and and are so experienced that it, they still still feel those those feelings before before cricket so it's yeah i'm 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 content with 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 that feeling yeah as you should be to be honest because it, it comes back to one of my absolute favorite saying in sports and it's that nerves show that you care they really do if you're nervous about something it shows that you want to do well and i suppose if you do lose that nervousness and you do lose that feeling of of not wanting to do well there's not really much point carrying on. You know, you've got to have some nerves. And obviously, you don't want to be nervous when you're out there in the middle and you're trying to get those match-defining knocks and win games of cricket. But everybody gets nervous. I mean, one of the great examples I can think of in recent years is A.B. de Villiers. And I know for long-term listeners of the podcast, you will be rolling your eyes right now because I've mentioned his name about 50,000 times. But I use him as an example because every single time he would go out to bat. He'd be the calmest person on planet Earth. But if you looked at him five minutes before, when he's on the bench, he'd be tapping his knees, he'd be sweating, he wouldn't have his gloves on. He'd look like one of the most nervous people on the entire planet. So it's important that you can control your nerves, but it shouldn't be a negative to have nerves in the first place because, again, they show that you care. They show that you want to do well. And if you can control them, you will be successful in the game of cricket. And talking of success in this great game, Joe, we've got to talk about your debuts because I've been alluding to them throughout today's episode. But to be honest, 2023 was a very, very impressive campaign for you in terms of first 11 cricket. So first and foremost, we've got to talk about your debut for Gloucestershire at the Cheltenham Cricket Festival. Lovely place to make your debut, isn't it? At Cheltenham School, beautiful wickets. It's it's just one of the best outgrounds in the entire country. And the weather, I know obviously aside from day three, was actually pretty good for that game as well, which is always a bit of a bonus too. So in terms of that county championship debut, first and foremost, when did you find out that you'd be appearing in the first 11? Um, it was about four or five days before. I think the game... So this was the first game of the Cheltenham Festival, I think. Um, and I, I believe it, it was a four-day. And I think it started on the Friday. And it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And I, I think I found out on the Monday, um, obviously, before that Friday, because we were we were travelling. Um, we, we were starting our training at Cheltenham on, like, on the Tuesday, I think. So we trained for a few days at Cheltenham before the Cheltenham Festival. So um, there was a Tuesday game that week, I think. And uh, I just got a call from uh from Benke saying um yeah you're going to be with us this week um you're going to be playing batting fives so I was like wow like it came bit, bit of a shock but um I was just so excited nervous obviously but excited and obviously the the guys um the boys at Gloucester was so so nice and and welcoming stuff into the squad so um yeah it, it made it made it a lot easier in that sense but um yeah just I had to wait until day four to actually bat so it was a uh, a strange debut sort of just a lot of fielding and and uh and waiting around in the rain on day three but um i feel very very privileged very lucky that i was 
able to make my debut at Cheltenham because, like I said, it's just such a great place to play cricket and a great event that, that happens every year there. But, um, yeah, I feel very, very lucky in that sense. Well, it was a fantastic, fantastic place to, to debut, wasn't it? To be honest, Cheltenham, for those who haven't gone, I honestly cannot recommend it enough. And I've not been now for about four years, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping to get down there this year. So that would be lovely as well, because it is just a majestic outground, a lovely place to go and watch cricket. Imagine it must be a lovely place to, to go and make your debut as well, Joe. And in terms of that cricket festival, aside from the debut itself against Glamorgan, we also have to talk about that game against Worcestershire as well, don't we? Because to date is your highest first class score. And if I may just say so myself, again, this was a very, very entertaining knock. So in terms of that 80 against Worcestershire, what was going through your minds in that particular innings and on that particular day in Cheltenham? Um, yeah, I was obviously re- like have that nerves. I think everyone would sort of only second innings in um in first class cricket day two we were we went into bat we we bowled first um yeah so and i was opening this game which obviously i was batting five um the week before and, and then opening this game um so it was a different challenge but i was i'd taken a lot of positives from the week before against glamorgan although i was a bit um sort of it, it didn't go exactly how i wanted to I would would have liked to have obviously backed for a bit longer um but I took a lot of positives from it, just um, sort of being in that in that environment and actually playing sort of made me believe that I, I can do it. Like I said, sort of similar to the second team stuff the year before. Um, so, yeah, nerves obviously was an unbelievable experience to open the batting with Denty, um, first of all, because obviously he's like, he was one of my idols and stuff going through the academy. Someone I looked up to a lot as an opening batsman, obviously in in the pro squad. Um, and obviously he's been been so good for so many years for Gloucestershire as well. So to actually open the batting with him was um, pretty surreal, to be fair. And then, um, yeah, so at first just felt a bit nervous and then gradually got into it and sort of just felt like any other innings once you get into it. It's like you don't really think about too much um, once you get into a bit of a rhythm. It, it just sort of felt like any other any other game um which was really nice nice feeling to have um so yeah that 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 would be my my main memories from that and to be honest i'm I'm guessing that must be a massive highlight in in terms of your time at gloucestershire so far because raising your bats for the first time in first class cricket i know obviously you want centuries as well and of course they'll come in the years that follow joe but that feeling mean what was that like because that, that is so many people's dream to go out and represent one of these 18 first-class counties. You've done that. So in terms of that moment, lifting your bats, reaching 50 for the very first time in a Gloucestershire shirt, again, what was that like on that day? Yeah, an, an amazing feeling, to be honest. Um, uh, yeah, really proud feeling. I, it was. I, I wasn't really thinking too much about sort of what I was on um obviously it's always always in your mind when you're batting but it was I sort of got into a bit of a rhythm like I said in that innings and I was just sort of just batting is the only way I could describe it and then obviously when um when I got to that that milestone it just was sort of a bit of a surreal moment of realization I was like wow I've just got first class 50 like well that's it didn't really sink in but um no yeah very very happy moment and um yeah um really enjoyable day all in all it really must have been and it is a very special moment because you know it's the first time you've done it in first class cricket and it's funny you mentioned the the word surreal because i think surreal is an excellent way to describe your t20 debut as well isn't it to be honest against the new zealand touring side this time in bristol instead of cheltenham again in terms of that t20 debut what was that like stepping out onto that field representing Gloucestershire against international quality opposition? What were the thoughts and feelings like on that particular night? Yeah, again, that was that's one of the best experiences I've, if not the best I've ever had in my life. Just walking out into the field, first innings, just with a, a good crowd at Bristol was sort of a it was a strange feeling, almost a good good description actually from um 
he had a young wicketkeeper playing um zaman shafi who was i went to school with and he he actually described it he felt like he was in a dream um which i thought was actually quite a good description of it with with the crowd and and sort of the players who were who were batting while we were out in the field um was yeah like surreal is probably the best word to describe it um yeah to, to walk out batting as well with that same atmosphere was just amazing but i think it's it, it it got to a point where i was sort of oh you got to try and take it all in and sort of use it use it to your advantage but i felt very lucky in the same with my first class games is that despite all that going on i still had a lot of things to go back to so like in that t20 i was batting with tommy who i mentioned before um and that just sort of we just sort of tried to look at it as just another game like even though there's a crowd of facing um international bowlers it's just us two batting together same with sort of in that, that game at cheltenham i had uh, quite a, a good partnership with ollie price who spent quite a lot of time with last summer so that was just another thing to um you know go back to just think you're just batting with your mates here which is something always always good to go back to but yeah that that new zealand game was yeah great experience obviously to play against guys that i've watched on tv and and idolized and stuff in the past was um yeah pretty surreal yeah to be honest it's it sounds like it you know facing the likes of ish sodi and Lockie ferguson an absolute rocket of a bowler a brilliant brilliant seamer bowls absolute heat and yeah you got to face off against those two and in terms of the rest of the side as well with the likes of Rachin Ravindra, you had will young who's now of course at nottinghamshire tim seifert and then glenn phillips who former former gloucestershire of course and He's just a brilliant cricketer. Honestly, so innovative, so dynamic, shows so much enterprise at the crease. And he, unsurprisingly, top scored for New Zealand in that match with 65 and out. But yeah, it was just a, a very, very interesting affair. And 71 outs, which included six fours, two sixes against New Zealand, Joe. It, it's quite the start, isn't it? To be honest, against international quality opposition. And in a thousand years, did you ever think of all of the teams that you'd debut against, it'd be the Black Caps? No, never. Um, yeah, when you say that, it does. It sounds pretty cool, but um, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, like I said, just amazing experience. Obviously, we we'd um, we'd heard heard that Lockie uh, Lockie Ferguson was going to be playing, so we were all a bit. It was that was going to be a new challenge facing someone who obviously bowls genuine rockets. Um, but it was I really enjoyed facing it sounds strange, but I, I really enjoyed facing him and, and the other seamers as well. Um I think they had Lister was the only other seamer they played. It was it was the spinners that I really struggled with. Um like the likes of Sodi, Ravindra, Glenn Phillips bowled a couple of overs. Um and yeah, on that wicket it was it was tough to get the spinners away, which was what I came out of it as as a big learning point was what what other options could I have gone to um against the spin. But um yeah, like I said, I, I just had so much fun batting um, on that day, and and hopefully, hopefully, I, I'll I'll be lucky enough to to play in front of crowds like that again, and 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 have opportunities to to do that and play against those sort of players again. But um, yeah, no, that was just yeah a pretty special day. It, it certainly was, and a very very special knock as well, and one which you should take incredible pride in to be honest joe i mean doing that against new zealand new zealand are an outstanding outfit and international quality opposition doing that at this stage in your career is absolutely remarkable so yeah i don't think that's going to be your, your last t20 to be honest given the fact that you scored 71 out on your debut against such an opposition but in terms of that overall season then just before we touch upon 2024 and finish up the recording with a talk about the future, Joe. How do you reflect, how do you analyse and how do you summarise your performances in the summer of 2023? Because it is your first season, it's your rookie campaign in county cricket proper at a first 11 level. So in terms of that campaign, how do you look back and reflect on your individual displays in the summer of 2023? Um... Yeah, I think I was just pleasantly surprised by how how well it went, and sort of um, yeah, uh, surprised myself in in some ways. In in terms of if you told me a year ago that I would have 
played two first class games and and a T twenty against New Zealand, I I just it wouldn't have even felt real at all. It would have just it would have felt so far away. But just yeah, everything happened quite quick. So I was yeah, just I'd say on reflection, just very proud of of what what's happened this season. I've also I feel very lucky that I've been given those opportunities. Um but yeah, just looking forward to next season now, hopefully take that experience that I've had that little little glimpses into different formats. Um hopefully take learning points from that and take them into next season. Hopefully um be able to to play as much as possible. So yeah. Absolutely. And fingers crossed that you will mate because I mean I think we've We've made it brutally clear, to be honest, on this podcast, but not just myself, everybody here at CCCP, really, really impressed with your first season at both the first and the second 11 level. So, yeah, more of the same in the future, if possible, mates. Obviously, we've got the, the summer coming up, so we'll be keeping a very, very close eye on your performances indeed. And talking of this upcoming season, it's not that far away. 84 days until that first ball is bowled on the 5th of April 2024. Oh, I cannot wait. It's been a long winter. It's been a cold winter. I've had a cold yeah. throughout the most of winter as well, as you can probably tell with my voice listeners. But in terms of this season, what are your future aspirations, Joe, in terms of, of both an individual and a team point of view? Because 2023 for Gloucestershire was a bit underwhelming, to be honest, wasn't it? In particular, in the county championship, finishing bottom, of the second division. This is a club which should be challenging for promotion at the very least. But in terms of your own personal hopes, dreams and aspirations for this season, what are you hoping to achieve heading into the summer of 2024? Um yeah, I think I'm just I'm just hoping to be able to play as much as possible in that in that first team as I can. Obviously when when it comes up comes to april whether i'm playing or not i'll be you know I, I think we've got real potential with our squad to do to do obviously a lot better than we did last season we've got we've got really a, a really good squad and obviously times are changing at gloss we, um with obviously losing head coach and uh bowling coach etc so it will be different um but i also think excitingly we've got you know obviously like ollie price now representing the lions stuff like that experience with people like Denty, Graham Van Buren, stuff like that. We've got a really good squad. So I think, um, yeah, from a team perspective, really excited to see see what we can do um, this season. And then, um, yeah, from a personal perspective, like I said, hopefully just try and be as involved as I can. And and when those opportunities uh, do come, if if I'm lucky enough for them for them to come around, then um, hopefully hopefully take them, um, take those opportunities as, as well as I can. And yeah. Uh, that's how, that's what I'd say looking on to this season. Well, Joe, mate, it goes without saying, but obviously myself and everybody associated with the County Cricket Podcast are wishing yourself and the rest of the Gloucestershire boys all the very best of luck heading into this upcoming season. As you mentioned, it is a very, very exciting time at the club with the likes of yourself, obviously Ollie Price, the three youngsters coming through as well in Tommy Borman, Archie Bailey, and Ahmed Saeed as well, three very, yeah. very talented young cricketers, to say the least. And then, of course, the return of AJ Dale, which I can't wait to see in 2024. Yeah. Unfortunately, injured for a lot of 2023. But again, we talk about speed demons. AJ, when he's got his radar in, absolutely lethal scene bowler. So, yeah, it does yeah. have the, the hallmarks of a very, very exciting campaign across formats. And obviously for yourself, mate, fingers crossed, as many games as possible. Obviously, at this point in your career, you're not having to necessarily play every single match, right? Because this is the learning kind of stage in terms of your journey. But all the experience adds up, doesn't it? It makes you a better cricketer in the long run. So obviously wishing you all the very, very best of luck, mate. And to be honest, Joe, I think that is a lovely place to wrap up what's been an incredibly interesting episode of the Cows Cricket Podcast. I've just taken a look at the time over an hour. That's absolutely yeah. flown by. Feels like 10 minutes ago we are talking about Choro and the early days. Yeah. So, yeah, that has absolutely gone by incredibly quickly. But just before we say our final goodbyes for today's episode, do you have anything to plug or promote? Any social media channels, websites, businesses, anything like that? 
No, no, nothing, nothing from my side. Just a big, big thank you to, as I've, I've spoken about a little bit, just a big thank you to, to the people that have helped me get to, get to where I am in, in my stage of, of my journey through cricket. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's all, I, all I'd have to say to wrap it up. Well, I think that is a lovely, wholesome way to to wrap up the recording, to be honest, Joe Wins. As it is podcast edition, we will leave the links to at least one of his social media channels in the podcast description below. So folks, if you want to go and give Joe a follow, please feel free to do that in due course. But that is essentially it from us two here at the County Cricket Podcast for today's episode. To each and every single one of you wonderful listeners out there, thank you ever so much for tuning in. And as always, guys... We'll see you on the next one.